We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Everybody, welcome to another work week here. You're tuned in to the Roto Grinders MLB Morning Brian. I am the Luch Justin Carlucci. I'm pinch hitting today for Stevie, and I'm joined by my guy here, the chief and co-host of the Food for Thought podcast, Will Priester. But we're here to talk about some baseball, my man. Good to see you again. Yeah, man. Same here, brother. Super glad to uh to be on and uh it's another day. It's another baseball slate, and uh, I'm ready to roll. Long weekend, and we're going to get through this bad boy. We got an 11-gamer. But first of all, can you describe the catastrophic meltdown by the Phoenix Suns in one word? I know we're a baseball pod, but man. Yeah. But I'm going to give it to you in one word. Bad. folks we will get to this 11 gamer momentarily and i think we're gonna dub the podcast title skipping pitchers so maybe uh you'll pick you're picking up what we're putting down here but boy is it a there's some strange pricing and, and maybe some sticker shock here with some of these guys on dk and we'll get to that in case you didn't know the chief will priester you might know him from his voice and his face and the discord prop shop but my guy can play the piano what were you playing this weekend man i know you got some musical talent yeah i was um i played at a church in the afternoon they had this event there and um so i was there playing we had a full band actually so it was pretty fun um so yeah, that, that's that's pretty much what it was. But man, it just—I am really tired today. Cause you know, I went there this afternoon and get back home till after nine o'clock. And uh, oh, buddy, it was uh, it was a long one. But all in all, man, it's, you know, I still get to do something I love. Music is still something I love. So uh, I was glad to to participate for sure. I feel you, man. I had a long week. Um, I was in New York uh, for some uh, workshops and I, I met our guy Drizzy. Uh, Andre drove down and, and we had dinner. So that was cool to actually you know, meet Andre as, as much as we work together virtually. Uh, that was cool to hang out. We actually ate at this place um, kind of in Midtown called the Gem Saloon. And Steve Nash was one of the like co-founders of the place. So pretty cool. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he had plenty. Of, he's got plenty of time to run that restaurant right now with his team sitting at home yeah absolutely man 
Uh, so definitely check out that spot if you're in New York City, if you haven't been there. I'm sure most of you have if, if you're in the area, but that was cool. And yeah, he has plenty of time because they got swept. Uh, in, in addition to <laughs> what my, did they? In addition to my 76ers being a complete embarrassment. Uh, but boy, 98.5 in Philly is going to be just a pleasure to listen to the next three months. Anyway, yeah. let's get on this MLB slate. Thanks for tuning in, folks. 705 first pitch. Freddie Peralta is all the way up at 10-5 as we're talking about some pitching here. He'll be at home against Atlanta. Tony Gonsolin, 10-2. Miles Meeklis at 9,800 against the Mets. Ian Anderson's 9,600 against Milwaukee. John Gray uh, has a DTD tag and a little bit of news, but he's 9,400. Alex Wood at Colorado, 92. Luis Severino is on the road against Baltimore at 88. Noah Syndergaard taking on Texas at 8,500. Jake Odorizzi, 8,100. And then we're dipping into the value zone here. You got guys like Zach Logue against Minnesota, uh, who had a decent first couple of starts for Oakland. Garrett Whitlock, who was kind of the – uh, Michael Fulmer, the evolved form of Michael Fulmer. Is he a high leverage reliever? Is he a closer? Is he a starter? Uh, he has the stuff, but he's taken on Houston. Uh, and then, of course, there's a laundry list of other guys, you know, below 7,500 on the slate here. So uh, we kind of hinted at it. Skipping pitchers is going to be <laughs> probably the name of this podcast. So uh, let's talk about pitching here. 8,500 and up, Chief. Who are you in and out on? I mean, I know Odorizzi's pitch better. Oh, he said 8,500. My bad. Um, or 8K. We'll go 8K and up. Yeah. Odorizzi, I, I just can't believe that he's going to keep cranking out 20-point fantasy performances. His last couple starts was Texas, Seattle, Detroit. So I, I'm not going to read into that. I don't think he gets there today against Boston. He's a fade. Um, why in the world is John Gray $9,400? Like, he's a fade. He, he's got a DTD tag, but uh, Alex Wood is, is 9200 going into Colorado. Um, that's going to be a fade for me. Ian Anderson, 9600 against the Milwaukee Brewers, who have, have been striking out this season. He's a fade. Miles Mikolas, 9,800 against the Mets. He actually probably is the safe option. Um, but Tony Gonsolin, 10 2 against Arizona. I mean, this whole pitching slate is god awful. I feel best about Freddie Peralta. I, I think I feel a little bit better about Noah Syndergaard. Like, I, you know, they're just guys that I, I think today's the day you pick your spots, right? Severino's facing Baltimore. I think you play Severino. He's probably going to end up being the child, I think, like just in this area in general. I do think Syndergaard's going to be okay. The 9K range is just terrible in terms of upside for me. I, I think you're just trying to get if, – if you're just trying to get points, I think you take Nicholas, but it's – by no way, shape, or form safe against the Mets. It's not safe. Um, and I feel like Peralta is the best option because Gonsolin, I mean, he's capped at five innings mostly. So no way I'm playing him at 10-2. It just – the slate calls for Mr. Peralta to probably be the highest-owned pitcher on the slate. It's it's insane. I agree. I think it's warranted, and I'm with you. I'm I'm with Freddie Peralta. I think there's a wide gap between him and the rest of these higher priced guys here in terms of upside. And these Atlanta Braves, you know, mighty offense, but they're striking out this year, Chief. You know, there's strikeouts to be had in that lineup for sure. So I, I totally agree. And in terms of skipping pitchers for tournaments, like I'm skipping Gonsolin. I'm probably skipping Miklas. And that's because I just like Peralta that much more in terms of ceiling. I'm skipping Anderson. I'm definitely skipping John Gray. I'm not pitching Alex Wooden cores. So I'm kind of agreeing with you here. For me, if I'm making a, a smaller pitching pool, it's Peralta. I'm going down to have a couple shares of Severino. Uh, and it's Syndergaard. 
I, I, I agree with you and Oda Rizzi here. Looking at the context of his recent matchups, spun a couple of good games against some really weak competition. Uh, Boston, you know, don't look at their record. Look at the talent in that lineup. Those are good hitters in that team. Um, and Oda Rizzi just doesn't have the, the K stuff that he's had, you know, earlier in his career. Um, could he, you know, could he get lucky and have a decent game and sneak through? Sure. Um, but still 8,100, you got to question what his upside really is if he's not striking out a lot of guys. He's almost at that price range where cruising through five innings, you know, might not be good enough. So I'm with you. Peralta, I like. Severino and Syndergaard over 8K. That's kind of it. Um, any of the guys that I skipped, I mean, I guess, are you, would you make a case to have some Mikolas shares for tournaments? I don't think he's safe enough. I think Severino is more safe. Yeah. Given the matchup against Baltimore, I don't think there's any reason to play Gar- uh, Mikolas at 9,800. Fully understand that he could go out and get 20 fantasy points, but it's not safe. And it's and, and look, I'm I'm saying safe, and we're talking about GPPs, but if a guy is 9,800, I I need him to get me 20 plus minimum. Yeah. And. The Mets, the Mets have just been punishing everybody, not the lefties, but the righties. Like the right-handed pitching's been, uh, I mean, it's been insane. So, I mean, I, I can't play Mikolas at this price when I've got Severino at 8,800 against uh, Baltimore, and I've got Syndergaard at 8,500 against Texas. Now, look, Syndergaard's been awful. If you look at the season numbers, they're not great. But I, I'm willing to take the risk in a matchup like Texas versus Mikolas against the Mets. I totally agree. And, uh, you know, there's 20-some-odd pitchers on this slate, but you can really kind of condense the pool. And it sounds like you and I are kind of on the same three guys above 8K. Uh, so I'm with you on that. Let's venture into the darkness here, below 8K. Um, you know, we, we mentioned some of these names here. Uh, and we have some guys as cheap as 4,400, Wade Miley, um, on his way back here. So talk to me about some of these high variance guys and, you know, value wise, who you consider pairing with one of these more expensive pitchers that we just talked about. I think for me, it's. So you you do have Wade Miley against Pittsburgh and Wade Miley will have some good games. I'm still going to take a wait to see approach with Wade Miley. Hear me out here, okay? I do think the best option in this range is Brad Keller, even though he's facing the White Sox. Like, he's the only guy I feel like, okay, good enough matchup, could absolutely go out there and and do a little something, right? Um, So, yeah, there you have it. You say Kikuchi could, could do a little something against his former team, Seattle. But uh, I think you roll him out in tournaments. Like, if you're running 150, like, I think you get some Kikuchi for sure. But outside of that, like, I, I'm not playing any of these guys. So, from, from bottom to top, it's probably Kikuchi, Keller, Syndergaard, Severino, big time, and Peralta. Like, that's, that's my pitching list. Yeah, I can get behind that. A couple of other plays to consider I think Garrett Whitlock just has wicked stuff but I I want to see that Houston lineup if if one or two of their guys get a, a Monday rest day I think I'd be interested like if Altuve or Bregman get a day off you know I would consider Whitlock more uh you know uh, that that's something to keep an eye on if they're if Houston is full force you know uh, no one's having an off day probably not playing Whitlock and smaller field stuff. I think his stuff is good enough. And here we are in the dead ball era or whatever you want to call it, that I think you could throw some large field darts with Whitlock, um, even against Houston. Uh, you know, Chris Archer going to Oakland, you know, <laughs> they stink. If, if he had a longer leash, I'd play up to them. I know. I know. They stink, though. It's a pitcher's ballpark. Uh, they as in the A's, and they're just totally blowing it up. But, uh, you know, he's had some formidable games against – bad teams this year but he's about as high variance as it gets and you're right the leash isn't there uh you know someone i would consider i I think kikuchi i'm with you is per dollar probably 
I think he's the best value pitcher. Oh, yeah. Hands down. You know, I think he's actually going to carry more ownership than we think he is right now, you know, late Sunday night. He, you know, I wouldn't be you shocked. think he gets more ownership than Severino against Baltimore? I don't know. Given the price differential? Yeah, it's possible. Uh, it's I mean, possible. you know what, though? Here's what's crazy. He's coming off a couple of really good games, though, Kikuchi, too. So people are going to, you know. Severino, um, Kikuchi could be the combo. I'm saying, I'm saying, if you want to, if if you can't quite get up to Peralta, or you don't think it's worth it, given his matchup against the Braves, who, by the way, have been striking out. Don't let this everything fool you. They've been striking out. I still think Peralta's the number one guy, but I think if you're trying to, like, people are going to want to play Coors today, right? Um, San Francisco's at Colorado, and they get Antonio Cizatella. So I. People could very well stat Severino with Kikuchi and then try to get on some of these San Francisco players. Now, here's the thing. San Francisco isn't expensive today, so it almost doesn't matter. But but at some point it will, and I think, you know, perhaps people try to go that route. Yeah, and, you know, going back to Kikuchi – uh, going against his former team, uh, the top of that order uh, doesn't strike out much. You know, Adam Frazier and Ty France. Um, surprisingly, J.P. Crawford uh, has kind of turned it around and became a bit more of a contact hitter, and, and Jesse Winker. Uh, they don't strike out a lot. That's not great. However, if Kikuchi can limit the damage, at that price, he doesn't need seven or eight strikeouts. And you look at the look at the lineup they rolled out on Sunday. Rodriguez uh, and Ford are thirty plus K rates this season. Cal Raleigh thirty six percent K rate. I don't know if he'll be playing Monday, but you know it happened on Sunday. And and they played Stephen Souza, who's all you know has, has struck out quite a bit in his career. And and so far this season, of course, he's only had a couple of plate appearances, but he's been absolutely terrible at the plate. So. As good as the top is at making contact with that Seattle team, there's many paths for success for Kikuchi, I believe, on Monday. So uh, I'm with you. Uh, we're skipping a lot of pitchers here, and we're liking a lot of the same guys. Uh, anybody else, or do you want to move on to uh, talk about the hitting, and we'll go game by game? Uh, yeah, let's talk about some hitting. I mean, I mean, man, we might even be able to condense this show into uh, – our stacks and, and, and try and help these people because I mean, all in all, I'm, I'm, I don't ever try to play all the teams. And we, when you hear that we're not playing many pitchers, um, it's definitely going to be some attackable spots. So uh, it should be a good one. Yeah. Before we get into the bats, what's your Wade Miley take just because he's so cheap, you know, he was at San Diego in his first start. Not an easy team, you know, not an easy matchup on the road. Um, you know, through 67 pitches, he was getting old, coming off, you know, a major arm injury. Uh, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he cruised through like five innings and maybe got a win. And he's, he's so cheap. And he's got the Cubs. I, don't know no, I, think, I think the price is worth it. For, he's got Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah, but I think the price is worth it for the matchup. Um, and if he happens to be happens to get a little wind blowing in in by that time, then that should help limit the, limit the damage on some of the fly balls. He's a guy that's going to have to rely on Babbitt for sure, right? Like the ball gets on the ground, like they've got to scoop it up and throw it to first. Uh, you know, if he gets poked through a hole somewhere, it could get ugly. But I I don't hate Miley because of the price. I mean, he's cheaper than probably at least 10 bats on this slate. Let's see. Um, how many bats is he cheaper? <laughs> That's one, crazy. two, three, four. One. No, yeah, at least 10. I mean, it, it, it's getting in the 20s, 30. Yeah, I mean, he's che- he's probably cheaper than 50 bats. Like, that tells you all you need to know about Wade Bob. He's going to carry some ownership. He's not going to be a, oh, this is a contrarian move. No one's, no one's going to see Wade Miley down there, you know? He'll He'll definitely carry some ownership. You know, this is Listen, a guy who he's forty four hundred with guaranteed production. Now it could be negative production or positive production, but he's it's like it's like playing court, a quarterback, right, Luch? 
they've got guaranteed production. The wide receivers can get the targets, but they got to catch the ball. They got to get the yards. The quarterback's got guaranteed production. It's just what he does with his opportunity. I feel that same way about Wade Miley here at 4,400. That's crazy. I agree. And we know his velocity is pretty much non-existent. Um, but in his last start against the Padres, it wasn't really much worse than than the diminished velocity he had last season where he was productive. So, uh, you know, he threw his fastball was like, you know, 89.7 on the gun. And he had a bunch of 88, 89 games last year, which is awful, but he somehow gets by. And like you say, he relies on Babbitt and gets lucky. Um, but it's not like he was two to three miles per hour, you know, lower than where he was or anything like that. Like there wasn't any other alarming indicators other than he barely hits 90 on the gun and he's getting old coming off an arm injury. So I, I you know, these cheaper guys, Kikuchi, Miley, they're going to carry ownership. It's going to be interesting to see uh, the projected ownership on lineup HQ. Definitely check that out. Uh, our premium tools are fantastic. The bat and the bat X from our guy Derek Carr, your awesome stuff as well. We have so much great stuff here. Um, but keeping tabs on that projected ownership on this slate is definitely going to be huge for these pitchers. Uh, okay, you're right. Let's get into the bats here. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about Severino in that Yankees game. Um, do you have interest in their bats at the new Camden Yards where the fences are pushed back a little bit? And it's not exactly home run alley as it was uh, in prior years for the AL East here. Um, you know, I, I would imagine you're not going to target Severino much, if at all. Uh, but talk to me. you have any interest in the Yankees? Don't hate some Yankees. Um, just because, you know, I don't, I don't really trust the Baltimore pitching. And, I mean, they, they've got this kid, Bradish. Yeah, like, I get it. He hasn't been... Uh, completely bad. I mean, he got 11 Ks against St. Louis, which which is a feat in my opinion, but that's what it is, a feat. That's not going to be a repeat. Speaking of that, um, never mind. I was going to pull out that joke from, uh, from uh, the office about repeat, but <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I- I'm not going to do it. Great show, uh, by the way. I mean, yeah. you can just keep rewatching those episodes. I, I can. I, I really can. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I definitely think you can play these bats um, from the Yankees. I mean, you just they're, they're going to be a good team, hopefully. Right. Like for fantasy purposes, like for an extended period of time, I, I am hoping that uh, it, it all comes to fruition for us. But you got Judge, you got Stanton, you got Donaldson, uh, you got my boy Anthony Rizzo at 5,200. This is an expensive team overall. And so that's where, you know, you, you've been talking about Miley and you've talked about uh, Kikuchi, and that's where I think those guys will come in when we want to play some of these big bats. Yeah, agreed. And there's some unknown behind Bradish now, and you kind of got to take a stand on, on who you think he is. And – He did miss some bats in the minors. He wasn't super elite, electric. He was an above-average pitcher based on his profile uh, in the minors. Uh, So, I don't know. We'll see. And you know what? I don't think the ownership on these Yankees are going to get out of control. I don't think that's going to be the case here because there are a lot of bad pitchers on this slate, and it's a core slate. Uh, And the Yankees are extremely expensive on a slate where we expect uh, Freddie Peralta to carry a lot of ownership. So, I think the Yankees are a decent tournament team. I don't think there's going to be any out-of-control ownership here that you're going to have to worry about as of right now. Uh, We'll keep the trade moving. I got Seattle and Toronto as the next game here. We talked about Kikuchi going against his former team and Chris Flexi, who finally got shelled in his last last start. I've I've been chasing the Chris Flexi get shelled game for like two and a half years. And I feel like I never had it. I didn't stack against him in his last. You know, he's a guy who doesn't miss any bats, but rarely does he just get absolutely slaughtered, right? So he finally got slaughtered. Uh, We'll see what happens here. You know, we have to see the ownership on Kikuchi. If it starts to get insane, then I don't mind playing some leverage stacks with Seattle. You know, I don't mind some of those righties specifically for large field stuff. 
uh, but I'm not going to get crazy, you know, with the Seattle bats. Uh, I, you know, Toronto's always in play on the other side and I'm, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll be chasing the Chris Flex and blow up game for another two years and I won't get it. <laughs> but um, Toronto's always a team I'm willing to stack for tournaments when the ownership's not crazy. Um, and if no one else is willing to chase the Chris Flexing get slaughtered again game based on projected ownership, then I'm totally okay with taking some of these Blue Jays bats. You know they're going to make contact with whatever Flexing's throwing. He's not a strikeout guy regardless, um, and they're at home. So I do like Toronto quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely, man. Definitely think, uh, you know, Toronto's the team to target here. I think you stack up the big bats. Um, and you go from there because like you talked about not going to strike a lot of guys out going to have to have a couple meatballs across the plate dare I say hot take George Springer goes yard in his first at bat is that too hot for us man we've done so many shows and we've done a lot hotter do I have to remind you that you called Aaron <laughs> Rodgers the greatest game manager of all time a couple weeks ago <laughs> so, yeah, that Springer takes nothing <laughs> But I like it. I agree. Um, you know, I like I like the Blue Jays up and down here. You know, if you're not stacking, stacking them, I think you can find some power bats here and, and make it happen. So Springer's your favorite Blue Jay bat here? No, he's not my favorite, but I think he just it, – it, it's one of those spots where it's like, okay, is this leadoff home run George Springer day, right? Is, is this the day it's, it's going to come back into our lives? Um I don't know. I've, I've talked about Matt Chapman. Like, he's still cheap enough. And I know he's not having the greatest season in the world. But, man, at some point, this guy, is, it, it's going to start coming together. So, uh, yeah, I, I just – I like Toronto as a whole. I mean, you look at Springer's numbers over the last two seasons. He's got a 284 ISO against righties, 367 Woba, a 44% fly ball rate, which is second on the Blue Jays team. And actually, Matt Chapman has a 50% fly ball rate. So eventually, eventually, uh, we're going to get the Chapman power surgery, I think. So I like Springer and I like Vlad quite a bit. Um, and you know what? If you're looking for a catcher, I, I don't mind Kirk on this slate either. Yeah. Shall we go on to Houston and Boston? And let's, let's do it. Talk a little bit about this game. Uh, I guess this comes down to what's your take on Garrett Whitlock? Um, in terms of these Astro bats here. Oh, no. he, not, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. You could just forget it. Yep. No uh, way anybody – yeah, not doing it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm with, you, I'm with you. I'm willing to skip most of Houston as well. I mean, you know, if we're talking large field, uh, the $4 – shot or whatever whatever the MLB comp is to it. I'm just so used to, you know, doing the NBA pods. Uh, I, I get it. You know, you want to throw a couple of Houston teams in. But if I'm playing like three lineups, I'm not sure I'm going to target Garrett Whitlock. I, I talked about him earlier. I, he's really good, right? And he's still adjusting to being a starter. His stuff's good. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm not interested in Houston. Now, uh, which Jake Odorizzi are we going to see here? So so here, here it gets a little interesting, I think, right? I mean – Odorizzi's been pretty good lately, and you talked about it, Chief, but he didn't really pitch against anybody. Uh, doesn't really strike guys out at this point. And now he gets Boston, who kind of is carrying this crappy stigma because they're off to a really bad start, but there's a lot of good bats on that team. And uh, I think Boston's a really intriguing tournament stack. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I definitely think for the game log watchers, they'll take Odorizzi and just say, hey, looks like, looks like he's back. But I... I don't think he's back. I think he had the benefit of really good matchups. So uh, Odorizzi is is off my list. Definitely attackable for me. Um, over the last two seasons, he has a 525 XFIP. Let me check my notes. Not very good. He's only striking out 17% of lefties and 21% of righties. Uh, 40 plus percent fly ball rate to each side of the plate, uh, giving up a lot of hard contact. Uh, you know, he's had these blow up games. He's had, he had one like a month ago and we all forgot about it already where he just got absolutely demolished here. So, uh, I do like, um, Boston for tournaments. Um, he's been better this season. It's a small sample size, but he is striking out 25% of batters. 
still a decent fly ball rate, still giving up hard contact. If I'm playing one team, am I going to full stack Boston? I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, probably not, but I don't mind some of these pieces. But if I'm playing large field stuff, you know, I, that makes me like Boston even more. You know, I'm more prone to throwing some bankroll on Boston, having some more combinations with the low dollar stuff when uh, we're not totally sold on Odorizzi. Anything else? Absolutely. I could agree more, my friend. Just I'm not playing Odorizzi. Okay. Uh, Trevor Story finally homered like a week ago, but that's it. Buck 96 and a homer. Is he ever going to turn it around, buddy? What do you think? He's got to, right? Isn't that the right answer? Isn't the right answer he's got to? I guess. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) Bobby Dahlbeck finally had a couple of games where he hit the ball on the road, too. He was really cheap and carried some ownership on Sunday. Now he's up to 3400 and no one's going to play him at that price. So Boston's interesting. We'll move on here and we'll talk about the Mets and the Cardinals. You know, I don't think there's a lot to love in this game collectively. Uh, I understand in large field tournaments, you always want to have some shares of these guys. You can break the slate, Arenado, Pete Alonzo. You know, keeps the ball on the ground. I just don't see myself playing many of the Mets outside of, like, Pete Alonzo shares here. Um, yeah, I'm not playing Mikolas, and I'm not really playing the Mets either. Um, not really playing St. Louis either. Like, I'm just – I'm not really on this game. Like, this, this game is pretty much a scratch-off. And, listen, an- another variable is we're really going to have to keep an eye on the weather on Monday. Um, there's some really bad storms coming across the Midwest. Hope you guys are, are safe out there. And I know they're coming right over to, to the Northeast here in Pennsylvania. I do not know uh, what it's going to look like tomorrow. It's supposed to be really ugly uh, in the middle of the day here. So uh, we'll see what happens. And the Mets are at home in New York. I don't know exactly where these storms are going, uh, but definitely, you know, follow our chief meteorologist, Kevin Roth on Twitter. He is great at what he does. And he is also great at hosting crunch time where he gives up to the up to the lock weather updates as we go. I'm with you. I'm not really targeting this game um, either. So how about we move on to Pittsburgh and the Chicago Cubs? Two game uh, a game with not a ton of offense, but like two pitchers that <laughs> aren't very good. I know we were talking about Wade Miley and his price here, but um, again, I just you know outside of some of these power bats, if I'm playing some large field stuff, I, I don't see myself falling in love with anybody for my single entry builds in this game. Yeah, I'm going to help you out here again, Luch. I'm not playing anybody from this game. Don't care. Contreras could hit a home run. Ian Happ could hit a home run. Brian Hayes. I don't care. I'm just, I'm not touching this game. That's fair. Um, I don't mind Suzuki at 4K. He just hasn't really flashed a ton of pop lately. Um, but I'm with you. Like, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Pirates and the Cubs just not really doing it for me either. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the Braves in Milwaukee. 740 Eastern first pitch here. Two good pitchers in this game. Yeah, love Freddie Peralta. Um, like I said, I think he's – He's number one on the list. I'm not playing Ian Anderson. I need the leash to be a little bit longer. I was only going six innings one time. That was at 90 pitches. Um, so I just I don't feel like Ian Anderson has enough upside for the price. Right. Agreed. Uh, we talked about our uh, pitching for quite some time in the beginning of this one. So I don't feel like we have to dive back into this one. Consensus is we both think Peralta's the guy with the feeling up top, and we don't really like Anderson. Um, that being said, I don't really want any of the bats in this game either. Nope. Nope. Right? No bats. Nope. No bats. Nope. Ian Anderson falls into the good enough real-life pitcher um, where, like, I don't want to figure out who's going to hit the solo home run, and I don't quite frankly care because I might not carry enough ownership for me to care. So I'm with you. No bats. No bats in the Atlanta-Milwaukee game. Uh, okay, how about the Angels and the Rangers? Now, this Where, game I definitely have a little interest in. 
Oh, yeah. I would say I have a lot of interest. I, I don't know what we're going to get out of John Gray. What are we going to get out of John Gray, Chief? Uh, I'm not sure, but, I mean, I feel like he's not he, – I don't even – I still don't even think he's going to go deep enough in this game to matter. So, I, I'm, I'm very interested in the Los Angeles Dodgers – I mean, and the LA Angels, who isn't when you got Otani and Trout and Rendon and man, I mean, just Brandon Marsh, just so many guys that, you know, they've got three really big bats and then these other satellite bats that just fill in the gap for them. I mean, they, they've built this team seemingly interestingly almost the right way. And maybe, maybe they get to reap the fruits of that labor this year. The problem is, they don't have enough pitching, and I don't. I think that's going to be their Achilles heel in the long run. But at least for right now, LA looks like a pretty high-powered team for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, we might get into that Rangers bullpen. You know, John Gray's been looking at plate IQ, and when he's pitched, he's he's been all right. He's keeping the ball on the ground almost fifty percent of the time. Not giving up a ton of hard contact. Uh, you know, finally got out of Coors Field here. So, uh, you know, I like the Angels power bats just because we might get into that bullpen like we talked about. Um, you know, you can make a, ca- a case for Trout, Otani, or Walsh as one-offs on pretty much any slate. Um, but the fact that, you know, Gray's leash seems to be fairly short I'm with you. I, th- I think you can play three of them um, if that's the way you want to roll. Uh, the flip side for Texas, I mean, you know, we talked about Syndergaard. I, I just, you know, if I'm playing single entry or, or three max, I I don't find myself landing on Texas here to go to to take on Noah, to take on Thor. Do you? No, I don't think so. I mean, Thor, listen, Thor has been great by any stretch of the imagination, so I don't want people to feel like, oh, man, Noah Syndergaard. No, 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 no. He's really not been great, but he's still going to keep the ball on the ground, and so he'll pick up a few strikeouts, and I think that's why you play him because he's 8,500, and you're expecting him to not have negative points. Yeah, that's that's fair. Let me just look up Syndergaard's numbers this year. 4.6 XFIP. Striking out less than 20% of batters, that's not good. However, he's not giving up a ton of hard contact. Keeping the ball on the ground at a decent clip. Doesn't really warrant a full stack, I don't think, and I don't really want to figure out who's going to hit the home run, if anybody. The the strikeout Syndergaard is, uh, is a mirage, is an afterthought of the past. But he's, he's – As Usher would say, let it burn. That's what Usher was saying on this one, man. So don't play those guys. <laughs> you know, Chief, pitchers that have long careers find a way to reinvent themselves. And Wade Miley's done the same thing. Absolutely. And we're joking. Oh, I was joking about his non-existent velocity. But when you can paint the corners and you keep the ball on the ground, uh, you know, Syndergaard hasn't been fantastic. But in real life, like, the Angels are taking it. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Do you remember Bartolo Colon? I know you do. Of course. Of course. Yeah, he reinvented himself. He just kept throwing things down the middle of the plate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, but he did it. He, he made Matt Grinke's doing it right now. How about it? I mean, we joke about his K props, but he's still a serviceable back end of the rotation. He doesn't get blown up. It's crazy. Yeah. All the numbers say, hey, Zach Grinke should get destroyed. And you go and stack a team against Grinke, it's kind of like – Chris Flexen. <laughs> well, I was thinking of another older pitcher that used to pitch for Kansas City as well. Um, I just can't remember his name. He was definitely a gas can. Um, I can't remember his name right now, but yeah. Just uh, crazy stuff. Absolutely. So uh, Thor, good, good enough real life pitcher. Not bad enough to stack against at this point. I think we could probably just leave it at that. And also probably not good enough to pitch for tournaments either. So um, we talked about the White Sox a little bit earlier. Um, You mentioned Keller, uh, you know, 
you still have a lineup without Eloy Jimenez. Um, the White Sox have really been underperforming this season uh, as a whole. Uh, so you're biting the Keller a little bit here. Do you have any, any interest in the White Sox bats on Monday? Um, I think if I do, it's just kind of one-off hunting. Like, I'm not, I don't want to stat – the uh, the White Sox, I, I, do, I do actually think Keller has a good game here. So I, I would just be one-off hunting. Yeah, and, and if you're like a first-time listener, when I when I say he likes a pitcher, do you like the bats? And we're not playing these guys against one another. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, you make two or three lineups, it's it's fair to have uh, in different exposures and, and mix it up a little bit here. Um let me see here. Lambert's pitching for the White Sox. And let's take a look. Oh, he's projected to pitch. Let's see what he's doing this year. 574 XFIP, really small sample size. Um, so it's, it's tough. He had a decent little minors career here. Still haven't seen enough uh, out of Lambert as, as a pro, especially this season. Pretty sure he had a cup of coffee last season. Let me see here. <laughs> but I, I like the jury's kind of still out on him. Yeah, he had a rough cup of coffee. It was like, you know, no cream, no sugar, and it's been sitting out for two hours. Over the last two years, he's got a 637 XFIP, striking out less than 20% of batters, not keeping the ball on the ground, giving up hard contact. Um, so really hasn't found a ton of success over any kind of sample size as a pro. And again, it hasn't been a lot, but yeah, I mean, I, I do have some interest in the Royals, you know, on a slate where I, I don't see them carrying a ton of ownership. So sign me up for some Kansas city shares. Yeah. Beautiful analysis, man. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I don't hate Kansas city. Like you said, against Lambert, the thing is, you know, the White Sox are going to score some runs. I just need Keller to limit the damage and not let them score more than three and then let everybody else carry it on. If he ends at anything at two and under, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, I mean, these the Royals aren't cheap, though, either anymore. I mean, Bobby Witt, you know, he's over. Coming back from course. Yeah, I know. And those prices are still up, which will probably make their ownership sink even more. So, uh, I'm okay. I'm okay with going for it if you think Lambert's just not going to find success here. Let's get on to the Colorado slate. Always a treat here. Alex Wood coming into town, and, and always gets tough um, when you have a good a good real life pitcher. You know, traveling the course. Uh, Senzatella is pitching against the oh. Giants. So well, let me uh, say this: the slate is so bad they 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 couldn't even really price Alex Wood down. Like that's how bad the pitching is in the slate. You know, we usually get. Um, uh, Coors pricing. They've got Wood at 9,200. He's only been 9,200 one time this season and then 9,500 the other two times. Like, it's it's insane. Yeah, man. I agree. Um, I just don't think – I typically don't like to play Coors. I think well, – I don't play Coors. And that doesn't stop me from giving analysis on it, but in terms <laughs> of including it in my bills, forget it. Forget about it. Like I know we're at cores, but still, like, do you want to play fifty six hundred for CJ Crone against Alex Wood? I, I, I don't think the ballpark factor warrants that. I just don't think it's enough for me to to want to do that. Um, so I have to see what the ownership is on the Giants. If it's not crazy, I don't mind the Giants going in there. But you know, if we're seeing these, you know, if we're seeing half this lineup carry, you know, twenty percent. I'm probably less interested in the Giants here. What are your thoughts on the Giants? Are you just not playing them because of the course, personally? Yeah. Um, and really, I do think you can definitely play them because they are uh, – I mean, they should affect, essentially have a good game against Sensatella, um, and they're cheap enough to get it done. Like, I don't – and I guess I should rephrase my, my saying – I don't mind playing Coors when the numbers are what I feel like, or the salaries I feel like are reasonable. But when the whole team's 5K and one guy has one home run in the season, like, just stop it. Yeah, but is, is, do you find that when the salary is reasonable, it's tend to ca- they tend to carry more ownership than they should, though? 
I think if it's an obvious one, like is it today, obvious in Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is it? It could be. It could be. They should essentially light up Sensatella for what it's worth. They, they, should, they should hammer. They should. Uh, it's also a slate where there aren't a lot of good expensive pitchers. So, like, maybe you don't need the value. Um, it's not like we have, you know, uh, five 10K pitchers that are actually really good. Like, we don't have – Nola, in addition, you know, we have Peralta. We don't have Nola. We don't have the Urias. I know who just got shelled. I'm just, you know, we don't have the, 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 you know, the firepower here up top here. So I don't know. I don't know if the Giants are going to be mega chalk or not, but I just think there's some other good spots we talked about that uh, I'm willing to pivot to here. So I don't think cores is a necessity for tournament players, but uh, I'm sure for cash builds, some of these Giants will definitely be in play because you could fit them in. Uh, pretty much any way you want to. So I'm imagining um, we'll see some some uh, cash builds with the Giants in them. Let, let's go on to Minnesota and Oakland. Um, Chris Archer and Zach Logue, uh, you know, and the rookie for Oakland has actually been pretty good. Not so bad. I don't mind him for tournaments. Archer, we talked about his short leash. Like, I don't hate him as a tournament play either, but I'm not really, you know, going there. Um, I don't know. Are you targeting any bats in this game on either side, Chief? Like, are you are you, tr- are you trying to go after Archer or pick on the A's rookie here? Definitely not playing Archer. Uh, Max Kepler is thirty four hundred. Like, when I can get cheap quality bats that I can play, like I don't I don't mind doing it. Uh, but definitely, I'm telling you with with uh, I was about to call him Capella. Lord, that's not what I want to do. But with Kepler uh, sitting there like that, I think I think you have to play him. I think he's a He's a good play for sure. Yeah, uh, I don't mind him. I don't mind Loreno either at 3K flat. Um, you know, maybe finally coming alive a little bit here. So uh, Kepler on the Minnesota side, Loreno uh, on the Oakland side here. Um, and anytime Byron Buxton's actually healthy, you know, you got to consider him for tournaments. So uh, I don't mind Buxton uh, as well. And he's really been producing this season. Uh, so I do like Buxton uh, as well here. Uh, anything else? If not, take me home to this Arizona Dodgers game, Chief. Yeah, this is the one that I think gets a little interesting. Um, because, you know, even though we don't, we don't really want to play the pitching here, it's Tony Gotslin and Mad Bum, which Mad Bum has a longer leash. But I got to think the Cardinals can score a few runs. And when I look at it, I mean, you got Varsha at 48, Luffblow at 43, Peralta, David Peralta at 39. Uh, the the, the uh, Diamondbacks in general are just so cheap that I think you have to get involved in acquiring them in some of your lineups. Um. Bumgarner just not giving up a ton of hard contact, but man, uh, big fly ball numbers this season, not striking out anybody, uh, but he's kind of getting by, you know, uh, he's kind of getting by. So Zach Greinke, there you go. He goes, he goes to pitching school with Zach Greinke. It's tough. I don't mind some power bats against Bumgarner. Don't uh, for the Dodgers. Don't know if I'm going to full stack this thing. Or that you think the Dodgers are going to be popular tomorrow because it's Bumgarner? What are your thoughts on the, on the Dodgers? Uh, I, I think so because it seems like while there isn't a whole lot of pitching, there's not a whole bunch of offense. So just trying to identify those spots. People love the Dodgers. Now, I do think the Dodgers playing late limits their ownership a lot of time, which helps me. But all in all, people, people love the Dodgers. All right. Favorite offenses, give me give me like three stacks now that we talk through this thing that you like. I'll I'll go first. I'm I'm going after Chris Flexen again, partially because I don't think Toronto's ownership is gonna be high. I like Toronto. I think Boston against Odorizzi is really, really sneaky. Um, we both talked about Odorizzi really hasn't pitched against anybody. So uh, I'm interested in Boston for tournaments. I like Kansas City against Lambert. I know their prices are up, but I'm kind of willing to overpay because I think they can exploit him. And I think their ownership will be pretty low across the board because they still have 
kind of the core slate pricing baked in, like you said. And outside of the core slate, I think the Angels' power bats are kind of my honorable mention here. Against you know, we don't know how long John Gray's going to go. Who's been pretty good? Um, that bullpen is not fantastic either. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, for me, I think you know one of my top. I, I actually like uh, the Yankees, of course, but then we ease on down the road a little bit, and. I think the St. Louis Mets game is going to get really interesting if, if the weather cooperates, especially I think for St. Louis when I think they've got Taiwan Walker today. I, I didn't mention him, but uh, I sign me up for St. Louis against, Oh no, it's, it's Trevor Williams. Sorry, Trevor Williams. Sign me up. Still don't care. Um, but this game could be good. Like just a good real life game. Seven, seven, eight to five. I like the scheme a lot. Yeah, we didn't really talk about the bats much there, uh, potentially because of the weather. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Uh, St. Louis uh, is interesting if it's not too risky. Um, you know, they were hot uh, over the weekend, scored a lot of runs oh, yeah. on Sunday too. Uh, so definitely pay attention to Kevin Roth throughout the day tomorrow and follow him on Twitter. And, of course, check out our MLB Prime Time as well. So uh, in a nutshell – uh, a couple of offenses we like, and just a few pitchers we're looking at. Skipping pitchers. It's Freddie Peralta up top, Severino against Baltimore, uh, and then there's, you know, four to five value guys uh, that we're looking at under 8K as well. So that, that pretty much wraps it up, Chiefs. Uh, anything else before we get out, out of here? No, my good people. Thanks for joining us on the morning grind. Get some rest, you folks. Agreed. Uh, stay safe out there if you're enduring some of this bad weather moving across the country. And for the Chief, Will Priester, I am Justin Carlucci. Have a great Monday and good luck, everybody.